Let's put our hands together and give him thanks one last time. Thank you, Jesus. What an exciting, exciting day on this Labor Day weekend to be gathered together with God's people. I know the children are having a great time, and I don't know about you, but I'm having a good time here as well. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. For the next few moments, we're going to look at uh, some significance from this passage of Scripture. And um, uh, I, I think it's important for us to understand who we are in order to accomplish our mission. If we don't recognize who we are in Christ Jesus, then we're going to fall short in our mission. So in Romans chapter number 8, it talks about uh, the life of the Spirit versus walking according to the flesh. But there is one concept that shines through brightly in this passage that I want to focus on in verse number 14. It says in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Everybody say, sons of God. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It says we're the sons of God and the children of God. Verse 17, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Jump to verse 19. Verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature, or creation, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. All of creation is waiting for the children of God or the sons of God to be unveiled and revealed. Verse 29 of the same chapter says, for whom he, he speaking of Jesus Christ, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, which is Jesus Christ, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Make sure you get this point. God's plan was that Jesus Christ would be the firstborn among many brethren. And guess who the brethren are? The brethren are you and I, the sons and daughters, the children of God. The plan of God is that we understand that we are sons and daughters of God just like Jesus Christ was a son of God. Verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? When you realize who you are as a child of God, then you can stand and boldly declare, God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? Come on, somebody praise him right now. I'm not going to be long today, but for a few moments I want to talk on this subject, self-awareness and the supernatural. Self-awareness 
and the supernatural. Basically, you need to know who you are if you're going to tap into the supernatural. Let's ask God's blessing and help. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for what we have experienced in this house and what we have felt already. Thank you for the Spirit of the Lord and thank you for the anointing that destroys every yoke of the enemy. Jesus, we praise you today and ask for your will to be accomplished. And God, more specifically, we're asking for you to confirm your word with signs following in this house today in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you and uh, you may be seated. I want to tell you that I have the sweetest mother-in-law in in all the world and she is with us in the house of the Lord today. Sister Keller, we're glad to have you with us. And uh, it's good to have Cambria, my daughter, back as well after a long hiatus and uh, we're glad to have them. There is a community up north of Sacramento, some of you may have, have heard of it before, probably very few of you have ever been through it because it's not even on the main freeway, but this community is called Yuba City. Has anybody heard of Yuba City before? Yuba City, this little community up north of Sacramento, if you go to a particular address, I'm not going to give out that address, but out in the front is a, a beat-up mailbox that uh, it, it's actually a Disney, like a Mickey Mouse mailbox, and there's a little humble home up the driveway from this little mailbox. In this little home lives a man whose name is William Capel. William Capel worked for 27 years as a grocery clerk in a grocery store and retired early because of some physical problems, I believe, associated with sugar diabetes. Now, this is just a normal guy. I meant to bring a picture, but I forgot. Just a normal guy living in a normal house. Uh, he's, uh, uh, he's got uh, 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 a wife, and he's got two kids. Just a regular guy living in Yuba City. But a few years ago, at the age of 52, he discovered that he was a part of the royal family. He discovered that he was the Earl of Essex because the existing Earl of Essex had passed away. And at 52 years of age, he was a member of the royal family. And many of you were uh, paying attention very closely when William gave birth and his wife, Kate, gave birth to the little Prince George. Prince George is now third in line to to the throne. Everybody familiar with this? The throne of the King of England. Well, this guy named William Chappelle is 96th in line to be the king of England. So if 95 of these people die, he becomes the king of England. They, they interviewed him, very interesting, because just a normal guy living on a normal street in a normal city, working a normal job, discovers he's a part of the royal family and has a seat now in the House of Lords in England and is this high-ranking Earl of Essex. And they interviewed him. He had some funny and interesting things to say. He said he was even considering uh, selling his home, crossing the, uh, the uh, Atlantic Ocean, and uh, going there to take his place in the House of Lords. But, but what I, I, I want to get your attention about today is that he was unaware of his status as a member of the royal family. And since he was unaware, it did nothing for him. And uh, today we're talking about self-awareness and understanding who we are as children of the king. Self-aware means the capacity 
for introspection and more specifically, the ability to recognize oneself as an individual separate from the environment and other individuals. This is what self-awareness is. To recognize oneself as an individual separate from the environment uh, and separate from other individuals. Uh, you've got to be able to recognize who you are. And I want you to know today that how you see yourself is critical in how you will be treated and what you will expect in life. If you're going to receive the benefits of the kingdom of God, it requires that you understand and recognize that you are a child of the king. If you're not aware of who you are in Christ, you're not going to tap into the benefits of the kingdom of God. Let me give you a little explanation of this. In the Old Testament, everybody say Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God selected a man named Abram, changed his name to Abraham. And God established a covenant with Abraham, a blood covenant. A covenant was something made between two parties, Oftentimes, one party more powerful than the other. The powerful party promised protection. The weaker party promised service. Oftentimes, they would even slightly cut their arms and mingle their blood as a sign of the covenant between the two families or the two tribes. But Abraham's covenant with God was different because it was divine and human. And the blood in the covenant was through the circumcision of the foreflesh. Basically, the point was, is that in this covenant, uh, God said, I'm going to bless you with land. I'm going to bless you with a great family and a great legacy. I'm going to bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. In other words, my favor is going to be all over your life. And as uh, the conditions of your side of the covenant, first of all, you have to seal this covenant with circumcision, and then you must love, serve, and obey me. The sign of this covenant was circumcision. So out of all the human beings living on the planet that day, Abraham became special. He became a part of the royal family, if you would. He got God's favor all over him. Supernatural favor. Things begin to happen in Abraham's life that couldn't be explained through natural means. Favor began to come his direction that wasn't coming the direction of other people. Amen. Prosperity and provision begin to come his way that wasn't coming the way of every average Joe living in the city and in the area. So I want you to understand that Abraham began to live with confidence because he understood that he was in covenant with the one true invisible God, Jehovah, who owned the cattle on a thousand hills that held all power. And so that power was available to him as a member of the covenant of God. So he lived with confidence. He walked with a little bit of a swagger. He expected to be treated differently. Why? Because he was a child of God. He was in 
covenant with the one that held all the power and all the resources and he was crowned with the favor of God. So everywhere that Abraham went, he expected blessing. And everywhere that Abraham went, he expected favor. Everywhere that Abraham went, he just anticipated the God who promised that he would open doors is going to open doors for me. The God who promised that he's going to bless my children is going to bless my children because I am in covenant with the king. Put your hands together if you believe the word of God. This was not an arrogance. This was not thinking he was better than someone else. But it was confidence and boldness expecting good things, expecting and anticipating the favor and the blessing of God because he knew who he was in God. We don't live in the Old Testament anymore. We're in the New Testament. New Testament actually means new covenant. The Old Covenant was Abraham with God, Abraham's seed with God, sealed with the sign of circumcision. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it gives us a little insight into this new covenant that's available for you and me, even though we may not be genetically connected to Abraham. Maybe you're not a Jewish person here, but you have access to this new covenant. The Bible says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In verse 29, this makes it clear. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You belong to Jesus Christ because when you baptize, were baptized, you have put on Christ and you belong to Christ and you are able to inherit the promises of Abraham in your life even though you're not genetically from the seed of Abraham. Is that good news? Amen. So through Jesus Christ, we enter a new covenant with God, but it's not sealed with physical circumcision. The Bible lets us know that the prerequisite of entering into covenant with Jesus Christ is repentance. That's a change of mind and a change of direction prompted by the Spirit of God, prompted by God that says, I want to follow you. I don't want to be in control of my life, but Jesus Christ, I want you to be Lord of my life. And then in Colossians chapter 2, at verses 8 through 11, it says of Jesus, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism. So the sign of the covenant blessing upon your life in 2013 is not whether or not you or the men in your family were circumcised at eight days of age. And it's not whether or not you are genetically can trace your roots back to Abraham. But it is, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Have you put on Christ? Have you been buried with him in baptism after you have given your life to him? 
And then the Bible says that if you are baptized, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many have the Holy Ghost down in your soul? John 1.12 makes this clear. I'm trying to drive this point home with Scripture. You guys still with me here? Trying to drive this point home so that there is no ambiguity. There is perfect clarity in your mind who you are. Because until you get this, you're going to live below your privileges. You're not going to tap into your resources. Uh, You're going to live with pain that you don't have to live with. Uh, You're going to live with oppression that you don't have to live with. Uh, You're going to live with lack and despair that you don't have to live with. But when you recognize who you are because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed on a cross and your willingness and desire to apply that blood to your life, then you can begin to tap into the resources of heaven. Can I get an amen? in the house right now. John 1.12. This is the gospel according to John. John says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Mm. God has given us power to become sons of God in like manner that Jesus was a son of God, having similar power and authority and influence on the earth that Jesus did while he was on this planet. Man, that was a rousing response. I know you guys are just listening real carefully, but if you got what I just said, you wouldn't be just sitting there looking at your Bible or looking forward. The, the power that Jesus Christ had, the ability that he had, is made available to us. He is our older brother. He is the firstborn among many brethren. As many of you as have believed on Jesus Christ, you have been given power to become the sons of God. And the things that Jesus did, ye shall do also. In fact, Jesus said before he left, greater works than these shall ye do in my name. So why aren't I seeing miracles in my life? Why aren't I bringing people to Jesus Christ? Why am I not being used powerfully for the kingdom of God? It must be that I am not self-aware of who I am in Jesus Christ. Because when I get the revelation of what God has given to me and whose I am, it's not about who you are, it's about whose you are. You belong to Jesus Christ. You have the same father that Jesus had. And when you realize who your father is, you don't have to live in ambiguity anymore. You don't have to live in obscurity anymore. You can have the power and the anointing of Jesus at your fingertips. Somebody needs to understand this today. Come on, praise him right now. Praise him, praise him. Praise him because you recognize and understand. So you and I are modern day Abraham. 
comes, we ought to expect God's favor in our life. Not because of who we are, but because of who we belong to. Tremendous favor because of who our Father is. Look at somebody and say, who's your daddy? Amen. Who is your dad? Who is your father? Because when you have an understanding of who your father is, it changes the way you look at everything. Amen. Is there anybody in here that's uh, 14, 15, 16 years of age could help me real quick? Who's that? Who are you pointing at? Come, come on, help me. Help me, Jude. Help me, sister. Come on, come on. Just come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Amen. I know who your dad is. That's your dad right there, right? I want you to, just everybody imagine that all of a sudden you found out that your dad was actually Bill Gates. Which meant you are now one of the top five richest people in all the world. Ta, ta, ta. I think if you understood that, you might have a little different countenance in a way of engaging with the world. You might, God forbid, start walking like Paris Hilton or something. Show me how you would walk if you just found out you were the wealthiest woman in all the world. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. So you wouldn't come dragging in like this. Problems are so huge. Situation's impossible. I don't know where I'm going to get my resources from. Things are bad. Things are tough. Things are rough. Things are hard. No, when you realize who your dad is, it doesn't matter what you're facing. He's got the resources to take care of your problems. Even in terms of physical things, multiply Bill Gates by 100 times and you're just getting in the neighborhood. But in terms of spiritual things, because God not only owns the cattle on the thousand hills, but he created your body and is able to heal it in a nanosecond. He can change people's hearts. He can move situations around. I'm talking to someone right now that the devil's been beating up on your faith. And you come in here just wondering, how am I going to handle this situation? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to figure this out? You know what you need to do? You need to remember who you belong to. You need to remember who your father is. And tap into the power of heaven that God has available to you. It's not a matter of me being special on my own merits. It's because my father is the king of kings. You need to start expecting God's blessings in your life. You need to start expecting God's favor in your life. And it is faith that makes the difference. You have got to begin to believe that good things are coming my direction. 
but I've got a history of bad things. I don't care. Start believing that good things are going to come your direction because Jesus said, you tap into the resources of heaven through faith. You've got to believe. Amen. You've got to believe that good things are coming. I feel like i got to push on this a little bit because I need to push some unbelief out of the room right now because there are some blessings and some blessings and resources that God has for some people that they're not tapping into. Amen. Come on, someone. Because you do not understand that all I have to do is believe in God. I like in Psalms chapter number 23 and 6, David the psalmist writes, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. Do I got some quizzers that can help me? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to punch something in the noggin right now. Some of us believe God's favor on us is based on our performance. But I want you to remember that David was a man that made a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of weaknesses and shortcomings and failures. But he did understand one thing. He understood that he was a child of God. And the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. He said, I believe, despite my weaknesses, despite my failures, despite my stumblings, that goodness and mercy is pursuing after me. And no matter where I go, no matter where I step, there's one thing I know. There's something following me. There's somebody following me. And it's goodness and mercy and blessings come on somebody you got to get this revelation you got to get this in your spirit and stir it up when I came in covenant with Jesus Christ it wasn't just me being pitiful and poor and weak but it's me recognizing what I have in Jesus Christ hallelujah 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 Jeff can I illustrate this point come on hallelujah I want you just to act like everything's terrible, life's bad, you're miserable, things are rough. He's a great actor. He even shoved his hand. Okay, I need you four young men, or, or two of you, two of you, on the back right there. Come, two, two, whichever two wants. Come, 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 help me, help me. Hurry, 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 hurry. Thank you. Amen. You can sit down here on the front row. But before you sit, this is goodness. God's goodness. How many are thankful for God's goodness? Good things. The Bible says that the Lord loves to give good gifts to his children. Jesus, in fact, said, if, if, if a child asked for something to eat, he said, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I have some fish? I love salmon. I'd like some salmon. Lord, Father, would the Father in turn give him a scorpion or something that's going to hurt him and sting him? The Bible says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? If you need good things from the Lord, goodness comes from God. Sit down, goodness. And this is mercy. How many need mercy? Amen. <laughs> mercy shows up when I'm not perfect. Mercy shows up when I make mistakes. 
Mercy shows up when I try, but I miss the mark. That's what sin is called. Mer God's mercy is available to us. Sit down, mercy. And if you're walking around like Jeff's walking around right now, mercy and goodness are not following you because you're not anticipating mercy and goodness uh, to follow you. But if something trips uh, in your spirit uh, by the power of the word of God and you begin to believe and declare with your mouth like David did, even though I've messed up, even though I've made mistakes and haven't been perfect, I do believe one thing, that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So change your attitude. Get your chin in the air and believe that goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go get them. You say, but I've been going through a bad time. I've been trying to believe, but I've been going through some rough stuff. That doesn't mean goodness and mercy isn't following you. That just means it hadn't jumped all over you. It's going to sneak up on you, and at just the right moment, it's going to show up in your life. <clears throat> How many believe God's favor was on Joseph in the Word of God? Joseph went through some tough times, didn't he? Joseph got thrown in a pit by his own brothers. He was rejected by his brethren, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery. That's a bad day in the life of anybody. Joseph, the favorite of God with dreams from God, goes through a tough time. Not only that, but the Bible lets us know that on top of that, when he got to where he was going, he served as a slave and things were going well, but then he was lied upon, and because of the lie that was told, he was uh, convicted of a crime he had nothing to do with and thrown into prison. And to make matters worse, he was forgotten in prison. And the whole time, the goodness and mercy of God was following after him. The favor of God is in your life, even when you don't see it. God's setting you up for good things, even when you go through difficulty and trial. But but somewhere you need to quit wallowing in self-pity and focusing on all the negative things that are happening in your life and say, even though I don't see it, yet will I believe that I am a child of God and his goodness and his mercy is following me. Hallelujah. 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 It's your attitude guarantees the blessing instead of experiencing or instead of expecting negative things instead of expecting that you're going to get a raw deal things are going down the pipes why not expect God's blessings to pursue you and the challenge is can you keep expecting it when it looks like it ain't going to happen when it looks like what you were hoping for isn't going to happen can you believe that God's got an even better thing for you and he couldn't open that door unless he closed this door can you keep that kind of confidence and can you keep your head up some of you love wallowing in self-pity so much it's become a part of who you are and as long as you stay like that you're not going to tap into the favor of God but if you will throw your shoulders back and put your head up and say I can go through the tough times I can go through the difficulty because I'm a child of God and he's working all things together for my good Hallelujah. 
God's favor can show up in the midst of a trial. God's favor can show up in the midst of famine. God's favor can show up in the midst of sickness. God's favor can show up right in the middle of a flood. God's favor can show up right in the middle of loss in your life if you are believing and understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. The problem is we live too far below our privileges. There's a story, and I'm drawing to a close here, a story of a man that lived in Europe who was quite poor uh, and he wanted to come to the United States of America. And uh, back in those days, it was before you could just catch a jetliner and fly over. You had to go over on one of those cruises, if you would, or one of these ships that took people across the ocean and it would take two to three weeks to get there. And so this man being limited in his resources, saved a long, long time, saved and saved until he had enough money to buy the ticket to cross the Atlantic. And knowing that he was limited on resources, he took a large suitcase that he filled with cheese, crackers, snacks. And when he got onto the ship, he noticed that there was an ornate and beautiful dining hall. It wasn't so far from his room. In fact, when they began to fix the meals, he could smell the wafting aroma of the wonderful meals that were being created. Every night at meal night, he knew, of course, that he could not afford to eat down there in the dining hall. So while the other passengers made their way and uh, began to enjoy the meals, he would go into his room, sit in the corner, and open up his suitcase and eat from the cheese and crackers. And the people would come from the dining room complaining about how full they were and how stuffed that they were. And oftentimes, when he began to smell the food cook, after several days into the cruise, he would sit there and he would just imagine what the different things would taste like on his lips and tongue. What would it be like? And then toward the end of the cruise, another passenger noticed that he wasn't coming to the dining hall. Rather, he was going to his room and eating in the corner these cheese and crackers. And he asked him, why aren't you coming to the dining hall? The man was ashamed, red-faced. He said, well, the reason is, I hate to tell you this, but uh, I pretty much spent all the money I had just to get the ticket to get on here and just had a little bit left. So... I was able to purchase this, and I, I, I know there's no way that I could afford even maybe just one meal there in the dining hall. The guy raised his eyebrow and said, don't you realize that when you purchased your ticket, when you purchased your transatlantic ticket, that the cost of all the meals in the dining hall were included and paid for when you bought your ticket. So you've been sitting in your room eating cheese and crackers when the meals that you've been smelling have already been taken care of and already paid for when you bought your ticket. Let me tell you something right now. This salvation thing is more than just a ticket to heaven. It's going to get you to heaven all right. Uh, 
But what you don't realize, perhaps, is what has been purchased for you by your heavenly Father and what is included in the price of the ticket. Ha! Ah, and it's a shame for you to be sitting in the corner eating cheese and crackers when he already paid for you to partake of blessings and provision. I wonder if there's some people in the house today that are tired of eating cheese and crackers and are ready, amen, to tap into what God purchased for them. He paid a price with his own blood. He shed his blood on the cross. It was a high price. Why would we only partake of part of it when all the rest is available to us? When other people can enjoy and take advantage of it, uh, but we are living below our means and not recognizing what God has provided for us. Uh, this Holy Ghost uh, that you got uh, is power from on high. This Holy Ghost uh, that God put on the inside of you gives you power. Amen. It gives you power to do exploits. Uh, it gives you power to see God do things in your life and gives you power to minister to other people as well and at the banquet table there is joy there's forgiveness there's restoration there's peace somebody say peace right now you don't have to live with that anxiety he paid for your peace you don't have to live with that sickness he paid for your healing on the cross amen you don't have to walk around struggling he paid for an anointing that would be on your life and if you've faced setbacks and disappointments, I want you to remember that you are a child of the most high God. And you need to start looking through the eyes of faith. The new covenant privileges that you have are purchased by the blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. That means that the healing is already done. It doesn't say you will be healed. It says you were healed. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, you were healed. Adam got us in trouble by failing in the garden. The result of the original sin is disease and sin. Sin messes with your spirit and disease does a number on your body. But when Jesus came, he came to destroy the works of the devil and fix what Adam broke. That's why on the cross, Jesus took care of our sins and he also took care of the sickness in our body and promised healing for our body. If there's somebody here that would get a revelation and understanding of who you are in Christ and what you have access to, if you will believe, he will heal your body. He will touch you. He will cleanse you. He will make a difference in your life. And I believe that healing is the right of every new covenant believer. Amen. Praise God. Matthew 16 and 15, last verse. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is our mission. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. 
and these signs shall follow the apostles. Is that what it says? It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Look at me, my friends. If you've got the Holy Ghost, it's not just about talking in a different language. If you've got the Holy Ghost, it's not just about punching your ticket to heaven. But there are many benefits and resources and power that God gave to every one of you because of who you are in Jesus Christ. And somebody needs to get a revelation of who you are. And when you understand that I am a child of God and the works that Jesus did, I shall do also. Amen. I want to tell you there's healing in this house right now. That there are miracles in this place. Right, You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go ask anyone else else. The anointing of the spirit and the power of the supernatural is in this place. Mission 25. Mission 25 is going to be a powerful time for lives to be changed. But you can't do your mission if you don't know who you are. Mission means to be sent. You've got to realize that you've been authorized and sent to do the work of God. And you've got all the authority that you need to do it. I don't know about you, but I'd hate to be given a job and not be given the authority to do the job. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them. Cast out evil spirits. Amen. Amen. Lay hands on sick people and they will recover. Why would he give us the job and then not equip us for the job? You've got what it takes. You just need to realize it and believe that God's promises are true to you. Why don't you stand to your feet and lift up your hands right now? Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I'm believing right now. We've been having special prayer times. They've been meeting over at the Pasadena Church in the mornings from 5 a.m. until 9. It's, it's been, uh, uh, they've been opening it up. We're going to make sure that that back door is open and they've been opening up just the bottom. We'll make sure that that's done. And then on Saturday from 6 to 7 here, right in this location, we are gearing up and the power of God is beginning to be unleashed. And uh, Brother uh, Jesse is leading the, uh, Brother uh, Jesse Delo is leading the prayer time, the prayer focus during our Mission 25. Amen. And, uh, and we're believing for miracles, signs, and wonders to happen. The same thing that happened during the days of Jesus are going to happen today. Uh, amen. In the next several months at Life Church, I believe that people are going to have cancers that disappear. I believe there are going to be people with degenerative diseases that it's going to 
upturn direction. In other words, it's been degenerating because of the degenerative disease. And rather than just stopping degeneration, it's going to stop and it's going to go in the other direction. And the body is going to get back strength. Amen. Whether it's in the bones or in the muscles, I believe in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because that's what he promised us that's going to happen. And if you will believe, praise God, great things are going to happen. And so I'm like, why don't we start today? Oh, you guys want to wait? Is there anybody that believes that the word of faith can be prayed in this place today? James chapter 5 verse 1 says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil. Amen. And it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. and They shall recover. And if there be any sin in their life, their sins will be forgiven them. This is the atonement. The atonement includes the forgiveness of sin and the healing of the body. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I believe that there are miracles in this house, supernatural things that are going to happen, even starting today. And there's some people that have been praying around here. Last night when we were praying, Brother Della O encouraged us. Don't just pray casually. Don't just pray like kind of with your mind, you know, just thinking through and just praying, doing what comes natural, like the devotional type of prayer. He said, he said, let's push. Let's push. And guess what? We all started pushing. And when I started pushing, I found out something happened in my mind. While I was pushing in prayer, that means I was praying aggressively. I was praying intentionally. I was claiming the promises of heaven. I was declaring the promises of God in my life. All of a sudden, I quit thinking with my carnal, fleshly mind, and I begin to see through the eyes of faith, and I begin to see the miraculous, and I begin to see the supernatural. Amen. This is the prayer of faith. And I'm going to ask Brother De La O, if he would right now, to come forward. He's going to say a prayer. He's going to lead, and I believe that there's going to be miracles of healing that are going to happen in this place right now. Is there anybody that believes that with me? Because I need some people to help me right now to believe that God's going to do it. Amen. We're going to pray right now, and we're going to believe God to do the miraculous. But I know there are some of you, because I feel your unbelief, that I've got to see it. And we're all human. We want to see it to believe it. But this kind of faith that we're talking about in the word of the Lord is that you trust and you believe in the one that is able to do it. And you step out onto unfamiliar territory. It's not going to feel just right. It's not just going to go the way you think it should go. That's where you have to believe and trust in the one that is in control of all things and when you can believe and trust that he is in control of my life and all things then I can just step and release my faith to believe that I am that chosen one that I am the one that he is destined for me to do great things that I carry on his name and I have his power that resides in me that all I have to do is 
declare it. That all I have to do is stand upon the word of the Lord. That all I have to do is, is, is speak with the authority that I have that is given to me. Then I'll begin to see with the natural the things that I already know took place in the supernatural. And so I just want to give you just some encouragement because there was a brother and a sister that I prayed for earlier when we asked for prayer. And I asked him, so what do you want us to pray for you about? And, and he said, you know, I, I need to, I, I, my back is hurting and, and my wife's back is hurting. And, 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 I, want, and I, I want God to, to, to touch us and heal us right now. And then he said some other things that we prayed for as a family, for his family. And so we prayed. And we prayed and I prayed that God would, would touch the back and, and God would heal it. And, and so a little later, you know, I, I just, you know, you, should, you can get so used to just going and praying and doing the ministry and then just come back. And then as I went back to my seat, I just said, let me, let me go ahead and ask that guy. I forgot to ask him if everything was okay. You know, I just, I just believed it was going to happen. But sometimes you just get caught up, in, caught up in that and you just forget about it. So I went back and I said, hey, brother, how's your back feel? He goes, oh, it's better. It's better. I didn't ask his wife, how's, it, how's her back? How's your back, by the way, feel? Now, it's, it, 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 for you that think, oh, that's just so insignificant, it, it means the world for somebody that has back pain. It means the world for somebody that has some issues in their body that all of a sudden when they feel and they see and they know it, all of a sudden it's, something's changed. So I'm going to open it up. And this is what I felt earlier in the service. I'm going to open it up. If you've got something in your body right now that you're dealing with, whether it's pain in your back, your leg, whatever it is, I need you to come up right now. If you believe God to heal you right now, God is going to heal you this, this afternoon. So if you can see, church, there are people here that have needs just among us. And we believe that God can heal them right where they're at right now. And we're going to reach out our hands. I'm going to ask brothers and sisters to come and pray. But we're going to pray the prayer of faith that God is going to do the miraculous right now. And we're just going to believe God to do it. And we're going to assert authority and dominion over the situations and God is going to take control it's not going to be me who does it it's going to be God who does it I'm just going to take him at his word and believe that he is able to do the impossible and if those that are here at the altar can believe with us that God can touch you right now where you're at as you declare it, as you release it right now to him, God is going to give you a supernatural faith to believe that you're healed right now. And that you'll leave changed. Now, whether I don't know what your situation is, I don't know what you have, I don't know what, it, but I, I'm going to encourage you that whatever it is, and you believe it and it happens, that, that we've got to hear the report of it. Whose report shall you believe? I, I've got to hear that report that God just healed you. Why? Why is it important? Because I want us as a church to understand that what we're tapping into, it's real and it's going to be a continuum. 
It's just not going to be just a one-time thing, but it's going to be a continuum. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So church, why don't you stand with us? If you're not standing already, I want you to reach up your hands right now. And we're just going to believe the prayer as simple as we're going to pray in the authority that we have right now. We're going to believe that God is able to do it right now. So lift up your voices right now and begin to pray the prayer of faith. Just believe God. Lord, I trust you. I believe right now in the name of Jesus. Those of you that are up here at the altar, I want you just to go ahead and release and talk right now to the Lord. Here's the situation that I'm in. I'm in this pain. This is what's going on in my life. And right now, I believe that you're going to do it right now. That you're going to heal me according to your word right now in the name of Jesus. I need some brothers and I need some sisters to gather around. Your, your faith is going to jump on where their faith is right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer of faith right now. I'm just getting you warmed up. But I'm going to pray a prayer of faith and, and release faith. And God's the faith of God is going to fall on you. You're going to have a, an extra measure of faith to believe that God is able to do the impossible in your life right now. Do I have some prayer warriors that want to come up here and just gather around somebody? Now, very important to listen right now. Those of you that are up here right now, listen. And I'm going to take you through a, a, just a series of steps right now, and, and, and then we're going to pray right now all together. Okay? We're going to pray this kind of prayer by the authority of the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I take authority and dominion over my situation and you call it out. And I declare myself healed in the name of Jesus. And as soon as you do that, I want you just to go ahead and lift up your voice and begin to praise him for your deliverance, for your healing. So can we do that all together right now? By the authority in the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I take authority and dominion over my situation right now. And I declare and speak healing to my body in the name of Jesus. And I rejoice and praise God for his miraculous in my life. Now go ahead and praise him and worship him right now. Can we do that as a congregation? Lift up your voice and begin to praise him. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. 
Jesus. 
Are you thankful for the healing touch of the Lord right now? Amen. Amen. You know what a healing is? It's a progression. A miracle is instantaneous, but a healing is a progression. And you watch as God has already begun the healing in your body. Amen. Some are going to come back and say, God completed the work on Monday. He completed the work on Tuesday. He completed the work on Saturday. He has, come, he has started the work of healing in your life. Amen. So keep this in mind. That your healing is a progression. Amen. And God is going to continue to do those things. He's going to continue, continue to heal your body. Would you give him praise and honor for that word that we heard, amen, from pastor? God's a healer. Amen. He's a healer. And the Bible declares that he has healing wings to touch us and move in our lives. Amen. It's so good to have you here at Live Church. God bless you. Before you leave, amen, I want you to encourage someone and you tell them that you're healing is on its way, amen. And before we dispatch, amen, we want to let you know that we have our, our teardown going on. And if you'd like to help with that, you can. And if you want to meet Pastor Brown, you can meet him in the pastor's reception. God bless you. Go in God and go with your healing in the name of Jesus.